This episode is sponsored by Vision Trust. Vision Trust is an organization that provides essential support in the areas of health, education, and spiritual development to children and adolescents living in poverty around the world. Vision Trust is brimming with female role models who are investing in the next generation of women. Their love is defiant. It stands strong against all odds, and yours can too. Join us in raising up confident young women that embrace their God-given talents to create a better future for us all. Learn more at visiontrust.org forward. Welcome back to Driven Forward, Influential Leaders Powered by God's Will. I'm your host, Jordan Johnstone. In the last episode, we met Sheba Phillip, and she talked us through some of her top successes and what God showed her through those times. In this episode, we're going to dive into two of the major setbacks Sheba has experienced in her professional and personal journey. As Sheba says in this episode, in God's economy, nothing is wasted, which is especially true for the times when it feels like there's no recovering from a failure. Listen now to the rest of our time with Sheba. Well, we ended the last episode talking about why God allows us to experience success. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now what I would love to hear from you uh, is kind of the same question, but it's about setbacks instead. So what do you think the purpose of setbacks is in our lives and in God's plan for our lives? Ooh, it's it's one that I know is a hard topic to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> but I'll talk about it through a lens of a, a, a setback, I'm sorry, or a failure that I experienced. And I've talked about this before, but I, I can go a little bit mm-hmm. deeper on this. You know, I lost my job um, many years ago when I was an executive at JCPenney. Up to that point, I had never had, frankly, I don't think I did. I can't remember. But in my re- recollection, never had a mediocre performance review. Um, mm-hmm. Always was promoted faster you know, that I thought or, you know, anticipated. God just blessed me, blessed me, blessed me, blessed me in my work. I get to JCPenney. I am the vice president of marketing. I'm being asked to help transform uh, this very iconic, uh, you know, brand. And from, for long story short, it did not go as well as I had hoped. And I was asked to step down from my role because they were going to do a big restructuring of the executive team. And I got to tell you, Jordan, that was a really tough moment receiving that news mm-hmm. and going home. And that uh, marked a almost two year journey in mm-hmm. processing that failure and that setback with God. And what I learned at the, out the, at the core, and I'll go back to that question you asked me in the prior episode about who am I? God really had to tell me in, in, through that failure, you are my daughter first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You are not a vice president of marketing or potential CMO or business strategist. Yes, those are things I am asking you to do in participation with me. It's why I've given you these giftings. But at the end of the day, your identity does not rest on what you do, how you perform. It rests on my son, Jesus Christ, and, and what, mm-hmm. on the, what he has done on the cross for you. And through that, you're my daughter and I have a relationship with you. So that was probably the number one thing. God had to get me, get my mind wrapped around was identity. Because up to that point, my identity was defined by my work and what I did. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. those early days, I would go to a cocktail party and I was so used to people saying, you know, you, you have a glass of wine and someone says, what do you do? Well, 
<laughs> I'm vice president of marketing at JCPenney. I'm part of the turnaround team. I'm leading the brand. And I had my answer. And mm-hmm. for many, many cocktail parties after that moment of losing my job, I did not know what to say. I didn't know what to mm-hmm. say. What, what, well, who am I? What do I do? Uh, blank. And so that yeah. was really hard. And God kept putting me in these moments of very super uncomfortable, awkward, because he was forcing me to let go of that identity and to mm. help me to get to a place of humility to say, you know, it's okay to say, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm in transition, you know, and that is, and that was really, really hard. So I think to me, that was the number one thing. Number one thing was my identity. Um, I think, and, and the failure was what I think was, and the setback was for that. The other reason I think he gives setback and failure, and I can also tie back to J.C. Penney, is, you know, sometimes he wants to kind of halt us because we aren't depending on him. We're doing it through a selfish motivation, a selfish ambition, or just yeah. heart posture that isn't right. And God's way of loving us is to put the brakes on it before we self-destruct. And I think for me my work was becoming toxic. I was approaching work through a need of striving. I was burnt out. I was stressed. I was, I just was dysfunctional, frankly, in a lot of the way I was leading at JCPenney at at those end days. And I think the Lord finally had to put the failure in, you know, have me lose my job to really understand that I wasn't a servant leader. I had lost why I'm doing what I'm doing. It wasn't coming out of a place of love. It wasn't coming out of a place of dependency on God and humility. And so I hate to say it, God needed to do this to break my pride and to, and to really help me get to a place of kind of Christ-centered leadership that I had lost um, for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the the cocktail party experience that you were talking about, that has to be very common nowadays, you know, with, with everything that happened with the pandemic and just everything that's gone on with the workforce. I mean, there are probably quite a few people listening to this right now going, oh yeah, I know exactly what that feeling is. I know what you're talking about, but I love what you said. I mean, sometimes it's got to get uncomfortable. You know, you, you have to go through that because you're just, like you said, stripping away all of these little things you've built up to, present yourself in such a way that it's all about you, you know, and it's not about God anymore. And, you know, he doesn't like that. (laughs) So unless you are willing to listen to, you know, because he won't just out of nowhere rip the rug out from underneath you. He's probably along the way, you know, whispered some things here and there, sprinkled some stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we just get to a place where we're so set in what we're doing that we don't see it. I And, you know. I also think, yeah. Jordan, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you, brought, you triggered a yeah. thought. You know, failure, I think, you know, obviously failure allows you to, you know, rethink and revisit your identity in, in Christ. Yeah. It breaks you of some pride and probably dysfunctions mm-hmm. that you've been operating in. Like for me, that was my experience. But I think it also is a way to course correct and get you on the right path. Not even course correct, yeah. get you to the next step in your journey. Like I think yeah. about... Mm-hmm. A cola and running a early stage venture and having an incredible experience um, building an early stage company. I never ever would have done that had I not mm-hmm. lost my job at JCPenney. So so yeah. much of setback is setting up 
of the next step. And if you yeah. look at it that way, it can be also incredibly exciting. So yes, there are very much correction tools he's, he's using, mm-hmm. you know, with setback, but it's also setting up things he's doing yeah. by getting you yeah. to fail. Because if you don't fail and he gets, he, he's trying to kind of get you ready for the next assignment. So I, I definitely think that that's a, another real strategy behind failure when it happens. Yeah. Well, and I love, this is hearkening back to last month's episodes with Cheryl Batchelder, but she said something uh, when we were talking about setbacks and she was sharing about one of them. She said, you know, one of the jobs that she left, um, she had worked so hard to build up this servant leadership, um, you know, company culture and everybody was just so focused on that and it operated really well. And so that was like one of the biggest heartbreaks for her when that company totally restructured was that she felt like, wow, I just lost, you know, those nine or 10 years that I had just invested. But she said it was, it's just been so rewarding and comforting, I guess, in a way to now see all of those people that she trained have gone out to other companies Mm -hmm. and now they're doing the same thing there. And that might not have happened, you know, had they not kind of been cut off (laughs) from the parent company and then gone off on these other things. So yeah, it's, you don't know what God's up to, but you don't have to know what God's up to. <laughs> You're just supposed to come along, you know, and just trust like we've talked about. And I think I, I love what you just said, and it triggered a thought, you know, in God's economy, nothing is wasted. No. Nothing mm-hmm. is wasted. There's a beautiful scripture. If I could look it up right now, I would, but it's an Isaiah. And Isaiah talk, like it's just talking about like these last three years, there's a moment, the scriptures like those last three years, it was, a, it was a waste of time. And God, you know, I, why did I do is I'm ad-libbing. And the Lord responds, you know, and he goes, you know, he, he responds and says, you know, I will take heart because the Lord will ultimately reward me. And I think this idea of nothing is wasted was, was the underneath underpinning of that. And in the case of Cheryl, that's so true. And in the case of even for me, it's like, you know, yeah. we, we lay these seeds and these foundations in an organization. Mm-hmm. And then we may have to leave through failure, you know, or our own decision to leave. But we have to believe in God's economy. Those things have still been planted. And even though yeah. we may not see the harvest in our lifetime or in that, in that, in that organization while we're there, we still have to believe nothing is wasted and that there is fruit mm-hmm. that will be born. So I think yeah. that even when you're faithful and you feel like you've honored God, like in the case of Cheryl, like she honored the Lord mm-hmm. in her servant leadership, there was still failure. Doesn't mean yeah. you're not going to fail. Like there's a real, you know, principle I want to reinforce here to the, the listeners. You could be doing everything right, honoring God, submitting to him, leading with humility, you know, being faithful and you will still fail. And, and in that moment, the encouragement I want to have for you is that nothing is wasted. That commitment to God was not wasted. And those seeds that you planted are going to bear fruit. It may not be when you want, but hopefully God in his grace will allow you to see it at some point. Mm. Well, I'm glad we we went on that little bit of a rabbit trail there with that, but you were able to talk through actually organically. Uh, your first setback that you sent me was, was about JCPenney, and that was the first time that you really had been told 
eh, you know, it's not working. And it was just kind mm -hmm. of a blow, <laughs> you know, because that's not how you are used to operating. Um, so I'm glad we were able to talk through that. And so now the second setback, you also kind of mentioned a little bit, um, but I'd love to get further into it uh, because it actually involves, like you said, Acola, which yes. is a company that Forward is very familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, and you were able to come alongside them um, you were instrumental in actually restructuring them. And so some people might go, well, that sounds like a success, not a setback, but you had this big successful moment with them. And then, you know, a little thing called a pandemic. Right. <laughs> uh, so when did that success actually start to become a setback? Hmm. Uh, well, it was, it was always challenging, but I think the pandemic mm -hmm drove the real setback of the company. And like you said, just to give the readers, listeners, sorry, context, um, Acola was a nonprofit for a very long time. I joined in March 2019 to restructure the company from a nonprofit to a for-profit to raise our first round of capital. At the time, it was an exciting time for Acola. It was in the human markets. We were about to launch, or we were launching in Nordstrom and in Saks. And we believed truly our investment team and our board that Acola had all the fundamentals, a great team in Uganda, a great product, a great team in Dallas, great distribution to really scale. And so our ambition at that time was to be the first like luxury jewelry brand that mm -hmm. was grounded in a purpose of serving the poor and, and creating jobs mm -hmm. for women uh, in the most marginalized of communities, which is in Uganda. And we were off to the races, like you said, and we closed our seed round in March 2019, sorry, March 2020, right no as way. COVID broke, right <laughs> as COVID broke. Like I literally closed the round yeah. and the pandemic was announced about a month later. And, uh, our number one customer, Neiman Marcus, filed bankruptcy weeks later, mm -hmm. and everything started to kind of fall apart. By God's grace, we were able to stay, you know, um, and by the grace and, and just provision of our investors and our, our board and our team, we still weathered the storm and we were able to stay stable for the next couple mm -hmm. of years through the pandemic when so many small businesses and retail shut down. Uh, yeah. We were really, and one other success was that we really transformed the company from a wholesale-led company to a digitally-led company because mm -hmm. we had to with the pandemic. So yeah. there was a lot of yeah. successes, like, you know, restructuring the company, making it a luxury brand, um, setting its course for being an e-commerce first business. Those were all great mm -hmm. things. But the setback really was, you know, the start of the pandemic was the start of the setback, but the culmination of that setback was sitting with my board um, in early 2021 and saying, actually, I'm sorry, early 2022 and saying, you know what, this is just not a sustainable model. Like if we really want to ultimately preserve the mission for these women and really give them a pathway out of poverty, we need to make sure that the Africa division stays intact. And the best way to do that is to, set them off, empower them as a local company to run and not be weighed down by a really big cost structure here in the U.S. And the reality was the retail market, and it still hasn't really completely rebounded from COVID. Um, wholesalers are still struggling. 
And mm-hmm. now we're entering into a potential, you know, challenging economic environment, with, you know, looms of a recession. So, you know, and at the time we didn't even know any of that. We just knew <laughs> pandemic was still dealing mm-hmm. a blow and we had been getting so much impact from one variant to the next variant. It just kept going. And so that was when we made the, the big decision to say it was a setback, but it's also a setup. It was a setback in the yeah. sense that we could not run this company the way we originally intended. Our dreams of scaling and growing a fast-paced luxury brand based in the U.S. is not going to happen, at least for now. And the setup is to set this company up to be local, to be locally led in Africa, where we can still empower women with the hope that they can ultimately bring it back to its former glory. You know, when the yeah. when you know when there's a different era of retail that's before them. So it was a yeah. tremendous setback, Jordan, and, and disappointment for me. But also, I'm just so grateful to God that He kept He He kept alive the mission, which was the, yeah. the reason why I came. It's the reason why investors gave their money. But I'm so grateful for the investors and people that did give their money, knowing uh, that you know this was a risky bet, and ultimately yeah. that they believe in the mission more than their financial return. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Well, as we start to wrap up our conversation, um, I have a couple questions. First one, you know, we've talked about experiencing setbacks and kind of the hindsight mentality that we have about them of like, oh yeah, that was God. And, you know, we, it's it's a faith thing and, you know, that kind of thing. But I know in the moment (laughs) when we encounter a setback, most of us probably don't feel that way immediately. So you know, when you have gone through these setbacks in your life, what emotions immediately came to the surface? Like, how did you keep yourself from getting just so incredibly discouraged and just not moving forward? Well, going back to Ecola, I, I mean, that's a great question. I think that when I had to make that decision with the board, mm-hmm. they were going to sh- shut down the U.S. operation. There's a lot of mm-hmm. anger because like, God, yeah. why did you... Pull me out of this really tough journey with JC Penny, this mm. beautiful season of discernment. I come to Ecola and do all of this work, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, only to have this conversation at the end. Where where is the redemption? How how is this possibly in in serving a bigger mission? And and frankly, this just feels mean and it feels cruel. And mm. and I, I think yeah. so there's a lot of anger there. Um, but I think where I got to a place of peace and of just ultimate faith and trust in God is like going back to that word I've used before. It was, it's a journey. Like you have to look at it as a journey. It's never a moment where the light bulb goes off. It's conversations with investors and saying, okay, remind, I'm going to remind us again about why we did what we did. This was not about us. It was about what God was doing for the hearts of the poor. Um, it's talking to the founder, Brittany Underwood, who, you know, gave 25 years of her life to this work yeah. and said, okay, this is tough. And, but it puts things in perspective when I only gave four and, you know, I'm talking to the founder who laid her life down to go to Uganda to have to, to make this decision with me. Um, you know, that's tough. And so praying with her every day and both of us honestly weeping over the situation got us into perspective. It was talking to friends that said, hey, Sheba, like, again, let me remind you, you're not defined by your work. You did the best Mm -hmm. that you could. We've all watched you. We've been rooting for you. 
and you did the best. And now trust that the Lord is in this and nothing is wasted, like I said before. So those initial emotions are hard. You're right, Jordan. They're mm-hmm. tough. And there was a lot of mm-hmm. anger and disappointment, anger with God, frustration with God, um, feeling like he was just wasting my time and my talent. Um, but then, you know, it's that journey of relationships and people and getting in God's mm-hmm. word and praying that kind of gets you through to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And God uses those relationships and those people. Yes. So might not feel like it's him, but it's him. Just using them. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so in closing, my final question, I ask everybody, and I always enjoy hearing what everybody has to say. Uh, as you have gone through your life, what would you say is the number one thing that has driven you forward? Ooh, um, I want to say that it is giving myself grace. Mm. Just giving myself, I'm not saying I do it well, but it's the thing that keeps me going forward <laughs> is to say, okay, I messed up. I'm going to give myself grace. I wasn't the best leader in this moment. I'm going to give myself grace. And as you give yourself grace, you give yourself, you give grace to other people and you end up dusting yourself off and moving forward. So to me, it's about giving myself some grace. I hope hearing Sheba's story, successes, and setbacks have inspired you to continue driving forward in your own journey, at work, and in life. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback helps us know what you want to hear more of and also helps others learn more about us and join the Driven Forward audience. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to Driven Forward on your preferred listening platform. To learn more about Forward, you can visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. And you can follow us on social media, where we post weekly blogs, information about upcoming events, and share inspirational quotes and verses to help you get through your day. We hope you've enjoyed Driven Forward this year, and from all of us at Forward, we wish you and your loved ones a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Many women ask how they can become a member of Forward. Journey Forward is the answer. Forward only exists because of the generosity of the Forward community. When you give your time, talent, and treasure to Forward, you make it possible for more women in the workplace to find their tribe and be empowered to become all God created them to be in work and life. We have a big goal in front of us, to empower 10 million Christian women in the workplace to change the world by 2030, and you have a part to play. Your financial gifts to Forward support the ongoing Forward operations, support services, digital content like this podcast, as well as our outreach and overall mission. Journey Forward is an easy way for every Forward woman to be part of the mission and vision of Forward through recurring donations at one of four giving levels. To learn more about Journey Forward and to find your level, go to forwardwomen.org and click on the Join the Journey tab at the top of the homepage.